You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Everybody knows this verse here. Let's read it together. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Tonight's message is a very simple message, and it's based off of what seems to be a very simple verse. I mean, this is a verse that I think a lot of kids memorize. This is probably one of the first verses that they memorize after Jesus wept or Genesis 1-1. So it's a verse that all of us could, could quote. We've read over and over again. We've quoted to others over and over again. And honestly, I don't even remember what brought this verse up to my mind. Uh, this week, but it, it came to me, I believe, on, on Monday, and I was not able to get it out of my, uh, out of my head, and the, the one word that stuck out to me that has really never stuck out to me before is, thy word have I hid, and I started thinking over and over and over, why, why does, what does it mean to hide God's word in your heart? And why hide it? Uh, Why did the Holy Spirit inspire that word, hid? Thy word have I hid in my heart, and I could not get away from it. No matter what I could do, I I was going to preach something else. But I could not get away from this. So I don't know how this is going to go, but we'll, we'll see. Thy word have I hid in my heart. My question is, why hide it? Why hide it? Why Hide it. Now, I know just saying that, you can, I could be going a lot of different ways. Stick with me for the introduction and, well, just stick with me for the whole thing and uh, you'll see what I'm talking about. But I want to answer that question. Why, why did, I, I believe it's David. You know who the second person they say might have written Psalm 119? Ezra. We're going through his book right now. I could see because of his love for God's word that we're going to see on Sunday night that it's, it's, I mean, he certainly loved God's word. I believe it's David. Why, why would David say, thy word have I hid in my heart? Heavenly Father, help me to be a blessing. Uh, please help us to focus in during this time. Lord, you know our hearts are burdened. And we are, uh, we are trying to be here, Lord. We're trying to focus in. There's just so much going on. There's so many unknowns right now. So many options and paths that it seems that we could walk down. And it seems like no matter what we do, there's just no way to cover every base. Lord, this is when we have to turn to you. I'm so thankful that you are there. And I want us as a church to lean more on you during this time. I wish I had a message on prayer to give right now. I wish I could bring out from your word everything that we need right now to understand the power of prayer, the weapon of prayer, and oh so often our failure with prayer. Lord, our hearts are with Ms. Carrot and Brother Wes and Ms. Leslie, the entire family, those, those people that we love so much, your people that we love so much that have not been able to come recently. Because they have legitimate concerns and they've been exposed and there's just so much on their heart. Lord, I wish that they were here. 
I wish I could be with them. I wish I could see them. Lord, I believe we all do. And I don't know when this is going to end. But I do know that when the end comes, you will still be on your throne. And we can still trust you through it all. Lord, help our unbelief tonight. And I ask this in your name, amen. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I started to think of all the things that I've hidden in my life. And I thought of all the times when, when Miss Tracy and I first got married that we would hide gifts for one another. And uh, we would really go out of our way to hide the gifts uh, because I didn't want her to find the Happy Meal toy that I got for her. And uh, so I really wanted to hide it. And it, it, if you've been in a relationship for a long time, and we're coming up on our eighth, eighth year, first try. Thanks, Facebook. Uh, so anyways, um, it would start with, okay, I bought you something really special, and I hid it in the closet, and I don't, I don't want you to look right there. Okay, but then it kind of just turned into, here's the box. It's from Amazon. I'm not wrapping it, but it's a week until our anniversary. If you look in it, I'll kill you. So just, you just, but then it just comes to, I'm not waiting anymore. Your presence out on the, on the porch, just enjoy it, you know. <laughs> but it started out with hiding those, those different things in really special times. Uh, and then I remember uh, my, the one thing that I kind of keep hidden right now is my prayer journal. Uh, you know, I don't want my wife to open it up and see all the sins that I'm praying for her to get right about. I want, to, I want that to be hidden. Um, sin, sin, we talked about that on Sunday. A lot of people try to hide sin. But he that covereth the sin shall not prosper. Uh, so in those examples, I was thinking about hiding things. I'm just giving you a glimpse into my brain, and I hope it's not dangerous. But just hiding things. I was thinking, okay, people hide things that are private. Right? But, okay, that cannot be what David is talking about. Can't be what David's talking about. Because God's word is never supposed to be private. We don't hide the light under a bushel. Or if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. So when David says, thy word have I hid in my heart, he can't be talking about hiding something that's private. So then I started thinking of other things, okay? What are, what are some other things that people hide? And then I realized, oh, people hide valuables. They hide jewelry. They hide, uh, you know, maybe pictures. My mom loves pictures. She's a very sentimental person. So she keeps all of her special things. She has a hope chest. And nobody can go in the hope chest, but every once in a while she'll dig in there and she'll bring out you know, some rag that used to be my quilt. And, but she has it all hidden away because it's, it's precious to her. So that is what I started thinking of. Maybe David is hiding it because it's precious. Not because it's private, but because it's precious. And as I begin to study this verse out, and that word hid especially, that's exactly what he's talking about. God is telling us to keep his word hidden in our heart like we would hide away a precious treasure. Like we would hide away a jewel. He isn't telling us to keep his word private. He's saying we should see his word as precious. Something that we should lay up. And it's so precious, in fact, that it needs to be hidden in the very center of who we are. Thy word have I hidden mine what? In my heart. A preacher said about this, this is the best thing 
hidden in the best place. Have you ever played hide-and-seek with a child and you explain the game to them and they understand between me counting from 1 to 20, you need to hide yourself. They understand that. But you go into your bedroom and you count from maybe 1 to 20 and you come out and they're standing right in the middle of the living room with their eyes covered. So they get the fact, okay, I need to hide myself. But they're not very good at hiding it. They're hiding in a pretty poor place. So the other day I went out shopping and I came back home and my wife comes in, I think about 30 minutes later, because she went outside to get something from my car, and she said, I just want you to know, did you realize that your credit cards were laying out on your passenger seat? Nope, sure didn't. Now, a lot of times I keep, I don't even know where my cards are right now, but a lot of times I just keep them in my car. But I usually keep them hidden. Well, that time I didn't choose a very good hiding spot. So we can understand when something is precious to us and we understand, okay, we need to hide this, we need to lay it up, we need to treasure this thing, we need to cherish it, it's not only important that we hide it, it's important where we hide it. And God is saying, God's, God's word, my word, is too precious to hide anywhere but your heart. Don't hide it in, I mean, your, your heart is your control, right? It's the deepest part of you, it's what you believe, it's what you follow, it's who you are. And so David is saying... I have hidden God's word like a treasure in my innermost self, in the control center of my life. He's saying, I don't just want it to be in my mouth. I don't just want it to be in my hands. I don't just want it to be in my mind. Or you can say this, I don't just want God's word to be in what I say. I don't just want God's word to be in what I think. I don't just want even God's word to be in what I do. I want God's word to be in who I am. I want God's word to be in my heart. You know, it's really possible to hold, it's possible to hold God's word in your hand and not hide it in your heart. It's incredibly possible to know God's word in your mind, but not hide it in your heart. Some of the people who know this Bible more than anybody are atheists and agnostics. Not because they want to believe it, but just because they want to know it to refute it and find all the things wrong with it that they can. It's very possible to know about God and know about his word in your mind, but not hide it in your heart. It's very possible to speak God's word with your mouth, but not hide it in your heart. If you think about the Pharisees and the scribes, nobody could quote the scriptures better than the scribes and the Pharisees. Many times, and tradition tells us that in order to become a certain level of a scribe or a Pharisee, you had to have the Pentateuch memorized. Genesis to Deuteronomy, you had to memorize it. Those men knew the scriptures. They walked around with the scriptures written on their robes. But do you remember there was this one time where Jesus comes in contact with the demon-possessed boy and he, he casts the devil out and what do those Pharisees say? This fellow doth not cast out devils but by Beelzebub, the prince of devils. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, he calls them out and here's what Jesus says to him. Oh, generation of vipers. We need to bring that phrase back. Oh, generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, 
Speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. Oh, they had it in their mouth. They had it in their mind. They had it literally wrapped in their forehead. They had it on the post of their doors. They carried it constantly throughout the temple. But they didn't have it in their heart. And Jesus called them out on it. It, it can't be in your heart because you're speaking evil things. And when you're speaking evil things, that's from the abundance of your heart. But think about this. Here's what I started thinking of. If I could learn, when we can learn to get God's word in our heart, it's going to be in your mind. It's going to come out in your hands and what you do. It's going to come out in what you say. It's automatic, that's automatically going to happen. So then I couldn't help but think, could I claim this verse as true in my life? Could I honestly say, God, thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee? Now, I don't know many things, but I have, I have endeavored to know God's word. But I don't know that I could say that truthfully. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Could you say that? If you prayed along with David, search me, O God, and know my heart, what would he find? Would he find his precious word there, or would he find our private sin there? Only one thing can have the throne of your heart. Naturally, it's going to be our sin. Naturally, it's going to be our propensity to fight and buck against God. We have to make the decision. We have to find out what does it take to hide God's word in our heart. And here are a couple things that I wrote down. Just two points. Hiding God's word in our hearts is a matter of personal possession. David said, thy word have I hid in mine heart. Listen, God's word will always be his word. Is it yours? That's the question. God's truth will always be truth. But have you made God's truth your truth? Pontius Pilate is in hell today, having stood before Jesus Christ himself, hearing the, hearing the truth from Jesus himself. But Pilate has been burning now for almost 2,000 years, because when he was confronted with the truth, he did not buy that truth with his heart. He instead asked, what is truth? And walked away. And he walked away from the most precious treasure that this world has ever seen. Think of the privilege that we have today. We are able to hold the very word of God in our hand. But have you hidden it in your heart? There was a story of a Roman soldier during a, during a time of Christian persecution... And he found a boy with a copy of, of some scripture. And he took the scripture from that boy and he threw it in his campfire. And the boy looked at that soldier and said, you can't burn the Bible that I have in my heart. So let me ask you this. Many of us have copies all over 
of the Bible. You have it on your phone. You have several, several, you, you have a car Bible. Just in case you forget your home Bible, your church Bible, just in case you forget that. Some of you, you just leave your Bible here all throughout the week. I hope you have another copy of the Bible at home that you're reading. I'm reading yours throughout the week because I left mine somewhere else. But we possess multiple copies. Here's my question. If somebody took away all of our Bibles, how much of the Bible would you still possess in your heart? Maybe a better question would be how much of the Bible would still possess your heart? That's a better question. Because hiding God's word in your heart is not only saying, I'm making God's word mine, I'm making the truth mine. I mean, who is, who is God's word incarnate? Jesus. It's more than just saying, I'm making Jesus mine. It's also saying, Lord, I'm yours. God, I am yours. I don't just want, I just, I don't just want to, how do I put this? I don't just want to possess your word in my heart. I want your word to possess my heart. I mean, so many people say, I, I want Jesus to be mine. Well, that's great. But if Jesus will ever be yours, you must first be his. If you are ever going to hide God's word in your heart, God must first have your heart. And that's one thing about David that we know. He was a man after God's own heart. Doesn't the Bible say, buy the truth? We buy the truth? Do you know that there is only one price for the truth? There's no haggling it. There's no discount. There's no Black Friday, which, rest in peace, we're not having Black Friday this year, probably. Might be a good thing. Yes. Oh, great. There's one price, one cost for the truth, and that's your heart. It's always been your heart. You cannot, you cannot pay anything less. You can't compromise anything down. If it is our desire for God's word to be ours, if it's our desire to buy the truth, if it's our desire to hide God's word in our heart, you have to give him your heart first. So it's a matter of personal possession. You're saying, I want God's word to be mine, and God answers first, let you be mine. So the question is, why, why do we hide God's word? We hide it because it's precious. We hide it because we want to treasure it. We want it to be a part of who we are as a person. Well, if his word is going to be a part of who we are as a person, we need to change our person. We need to be made a new creature. We need our sinful nature to be banished, if you would. And I can't wait for that day where our sinful nature will be forever banished. But we need Jesus to have our heart before we can ever hope to have him or his word in our heart. What does it mean to give your heart to God? A lot of people walk around, right, and they say, oh, Jesus is mine. Jesus is my friend. Jesus is this. Jesus is that. And I remember thinking in Song of Solomon, that bride does say, my beloved is mine. But then right after she says, and I am his. We can never say Jesus is mine if he can't first say, you are mine. So what does it mean to give your heart to God? Stop trying to change God. Stop 
trying to change God's word and let him change your heart to match his word. That is giving your heart to him. It is not only saying, I want God's word to be mine. It is surrendering to him and to his word and saying, whatever your book says, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move on for sake of time. There's something else we must consider also. Hiding God's word in our heart is a matter of protection, a matter of personal protection. So we hide things because we treasure them, and I, I want this to be mine. God, I want your word to be mine. Well, first of all, you need to let yourself be his. Goes both ways, doesn't it? Personal possession of his word comes from God personally possessing you. Okay? Now it's a matter of personal protection. I hide things that I want to protect. I hide things that I don't want people messing with. And if we truly treasure God's word, if we truly believe God's word, and once God's word finds its way into our heart, it needs to be guarded. It needs to be protected. And I can preach for the rest of my days about how we need to protect God's word. Uh, your uh, parents can admonish you. Teachers can warn you. Uh, anybody else, guest speakers and counselors can advise you, senior saints can encourage you, but just as you individually must buy the truth with your heart, you must individually choose to sell it not in your life. Nobody can make you do that. That has to be your personal choice. Let me put it this way. If God's word is going to be hid in our heart, we must be willing to pay for it, and we have to be willing to fight for it. We have to be willing to pay for it and fight for it. We need Christians who will say, no, stop messing with God's word. Stop messing with it. Stop changing it. Stop altering it. Stop adding to it. Stop taking away from it. Stop questioning it. Stop rewriting it and start rereading it. You can't improve on perfection what I tell Miss Tracy whenever she looks in the, in the mirror. I say, honey, just don't even try. What else did you want me to say tonight? <laughs> Buy the truth and sell it not. I don't have time and I would give up one of my future messages. So I'm going to move on. That's self-control. Don't mess with my Bible. Don't mess with God's word. We're not going to compromise we're not going to change what God has said. We're not going to allow the wicked one to catch away the seed that has been sown in our hearts. No, you water that seed in your heart. And you, and you feed that seed with your obedience and your prayers. And you protect it with your life. So that God's word can go from a seed and grow into your heart. And, and, and shine forth as a light in this wicked world. For goodness sake, what light do we have that doesn't come from God's word in our life? And during this time of darkness, people get discouraged and they think, what in the world are we supposed to do? You just keep shining your light. But what are we supposed to do with everything so dark? I could light a match right now and in this room of, with all the lights on, it wouldn't seem to be giving off much light. You take that same match and you turn all these lights off, you'd be surprised how much light that match gives off. Don't be discouraged by the darkness. You just keep on shining your light, just as you always have. You don't have to shine brighter. We're not a bumper sticker. Just shine your light. 
Let your light so shine before men. And that's not going to come from us. Men love darkness rather than light. We need to get back to God's word. We need to protect it. So we saw, first of all, hiding God's word in our hearts is a matter of personal possession, but it goes both ways. We can never possess his word in our heart unless God first has possession of our hearts. Now here we see hiding God's word in our heart is a matter of personal protection. And again, it goes both ways. Thy word have I hidden mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Isn't that incredible? When you protect God's word in your heart, God's word will protect your heart. When you keep God's word in your heart, God's word will keep your heart. It keeps us from going astray. Thy, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It, it protects you and guides you through temptation. Temptations will always come in this, in this earth, but it will guide you through three times. What did Jesus say to the devil? It is written. That's what God's word does. It reveals what's wrong by teaching us what's right. All scripture is given by inspiration of God, profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. When you protect the Bible from attacks from without, the Bible will protect you from sin within. When we say to others, no, you're not touching my Bible. I've hid that up. God's words have been made my words. Those are in my heart. They're a part of me. You're not touching those. And then we read in the Bible, and what does it say to protect us? Touch not the unclean thing. We say, don't touch my Bible, and the Bible says, well, don't touch that. And, it, and we protect each other. Uh, the song that the teenagers sing, this blessed old book that I hold in my hand, is true from beginning to end. What is it? It's a solid foundation where I firmly stand. Sin kept me from it. Now it keeps me from sin. It protects you from sin. But when we stop fighting for God's word, when we allow people to change it or alter even a jot or a tittle of God's word, and you know what happens? When we start convincing ourselves that, no, that part in the Bible, I guess, really wasn't in there in the originals, and God is powerful enough to inspire his word, but not powerful enough to preserve his word, which makes no sense. And when we start saying, oh, okay, we'll let that one go and we'll let that one go. No, the end of Mark 16 really isn't there. Mary wasn't really a virgin. She was just a young girl. Or we're going to take out 1 John 5, 7, the strongest case in the Bible for the Trinity. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. ESV takes that out. Living, the living Bible puts in curse words. There's, you, you could go to Mardell right now and pick up one of their Bibles and read their Bible out loud and they'd kick you out of the store. Song of Solomon, they turned into a romance novel. If you ask the common, the, the modern teacher today, the modern Bible professor, of what Song of Solomon is all about, they say it has nothing to do with Christ and the church. It's all to do with a relationship, a sexual relationship between a man and a woman. That is about as wicked as you can get. So I'm going to stick with my good old King James Version that understood that, that when those translators went in, they went in with the ideology, the Bible is perfect and cannot be improved upon. And when you study all the others, they thought, 
How can we improve it? That's an issue. Guarantee you they weren't hiding that word in their heart. When we start changing all these different things and we think that we know better than God and no, he didn't really mean that, he really meant this. He didn't mean cast all your care upon me. This is all free, by the way. He didn't mean cast your care upon me. He meant cast, cast all your anxiety upon me. You know, there are a lot of things I care about that I'm not anxious about. When I hear care, I hear everything. Cast everything on me. Everything you're anxious about, everything you fear over, everything that you, is just important to you. Let me know about it. But this next generation is just, just going to be taught. You tape that down. You only cast your anxiety. Okay, and then the next round of translators are going to come because anxiety is going to become an archaic word. Okay, so anxiety, no, let's just talk about Fear. Cast all your fear upon him. That's a lot different than care. You see where I'm going with this? So when we start changing all these different things, you know what's going to happen? When you give the devil an inch, he's going to take a mile. If you get the mouse a cookie, it's going to want a glass of milk, especially if it's a fudge round. And so you start saying, oh... Okay, standards here, standards here, doctrine, 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 doctrine. Well, we changed all these. Why can't we change these? Listen to me. The Bible is either worth protecting as a whole or it's not worth protecting at all. We're either going to protect everything in our hearts as a part of who we are or we're not going to protect it at all. I love my family, I'm going to protect them every single day of the week. I'm not going to give them up at, at, one, at one minute. Not one second am I going to turn my eyes away from them. Because I treasure them and I care for them and I want to protect them. And all of my protection in the past will go away in one minute of compromise. Can't do that. So I believe I found the answer to my question. Why hide God's word? We hide it not because it's private, but because it's precious. It's a pearl of great price. It's, it's, there's no reason to try to barter it away. The cost is always our heart. And it's only when God's word has possession of our heart that we can have possession of God's word in our hearts. But we hide it because it must be protected. It has to be protected from Satan. It has to be protected from the skeptics of this world. It's far too precious to be left unprotected, far too precious to assume that nobody is going to try to steal it away, far too precious to allow man to defile it with their sinful ideas. So we guard it, and we hide it in our heart. We bought it with our heart, now hide it with our heart. You bought it with your heart, don't sell it for the world. Protect it, and it will protect you. So my question is, could this verse be true of you? Could this verse be true of you? Could you honestly say, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee? And listen to me, church. I'm done. If we're not reading it, we're not hiding it. Love Day family, you know I love you. And Miss Tammy, you know I love you. And the Atwoods, you're not going to make it through this time unless you have God's word in your heart. Because eventually you come to a time where there's nothing that anybody else can do. 
And David says just a little while further in Psalm 119, I hope in thy word. Prayer is wonderful, and the church is wonderful, and having those friends and neighbors are kind. I love them, everyone. But you have to learn to go to the Lord. You've got to read your Bible. You have to study your Bible. If you're not studying it, you're not hiding it. If you're not obeying it, you're not hiding it. And this is going to sound weird, but I think you know what I'm talking about. If you're not sharing it, you're not hiding it. You're supposed to tell others, teach others about God's word. If we're not standing for it, we're not hiding it. And if we will make it through this time, we're going to need to hide God's word in our heart. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.